Hi, hey, we, today's the day we've been looking for for three months. Did y'all know that? Now we get to finish Ecclesiastes, all right? Uh, I'm loving it that uh, we get to the, ultimately, the message of Ecclesiastes and, and what it is that Solomon desired for us to take home uh, as we consider his life, uh, his knowledge, his wisdom, his experience, all those things. So uh, we are still, y'all, Lee had his guitar again this morning. He got injured however many months and weeks ago, and he hadn't been able to pick up his guitar. Yeah, y'all clap for him. He came back to sing with us a few weeks ago, and today's the first, did you have your guitar last Sunday? Today's the first day on the guitar again. Good, all right. Get back in that comfy chair. Okay, we're still doing faith and discipline, and we spent the first three months of the year on the disciplines of our faith, and and now the rest of this uh, year we'll be looking at different books that speak to our faith and what our faith uh, uh, calls for and who we are in our faith. Our text this morning comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 8 to 14, so let's read it together. Here we go. Absolute futility says the teacher, everything is futile, futile. In addition to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught the people knowledge. He weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs. The teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wise are like cattle prods, and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. The sayings are given by one shepherd. But beyond these, my son, be warned, there's no end to the making of many books. And much study wearies the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands. Because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Let's pray, all righty. Our Father, indeed bow before you now giving you thanks and praise for for the opportunity given us to come together and worship god we thank you that that we have this incredible privilege to be able to gather in a place such as this that we might sing jesus that we might proclaim jesus that we might lift high the name of jesus that we might come together in this this bond of being the body of christ this fellowship of believers and and god i just want to thank you that that your word is true and strong and god as we conduct ourselves by your word father we find our hope, our peace, our relationship with you. And so God, help us as we hear Solomon's words, as we hear this this testimony of this wise and great king of your people. God, help us to pay attention. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, A couple things I'm supposed to also, there's a little picture thing out here again for Father's Day, so you want to take a Father's Day picture right outside those doors, you can kind of get out there next to that grill and take a picture and, and, and make sure you enter your email address or whatever accurately because then that, that little thing will send you the picture in your email. Today at 1 o'clock, 
We're going to do baptism. So we meet at 1245. If you want to be a part of the baptism celebration today, we're going to meet over in the fellowship hall at 1245 and make our way over to the beach. Yesterday, we did two baptisms and had a crowd of folks show up for them. I guess they must have put it out on Facebook or something, but we baptized Harley and her daddy Bill yesterday, and uh, and that was fun. And so we're going to have baptism today at 1. So if you want to be a part of that, come on out. Uh, next Sunday, as I mentioned, we're doing the question question and answer so if you got a question make sure you fill out one of these cards give it back to me or drop it in the boxes by the doors also mention the uh, long skinny cards you find in the in the little uh, announcement folder or in the chairs if you want to communicate or have questions just write it on there if you have prayer requests write them on there put those in the boxes if you want to give uh, check or use an envelope or whatever put that in the box too so Wednesday night I'm going to do the convention report anybody everybody says how's the convention and and that's just not an easy question. <laughs> so uh, I was there all week, and Angie and Eli were with me, and we did all the Southern Baptist stuff. And, and if you got questions, come Wednesday night, because that's when the report will be, all righty? Um, <clears throat> and now <laughs> I can get to the message. The conclusion, that's what I titled this message, because I told y'all when y'all started this, Ecclesiastes is just a hard book as we read through it. We, it it's very important to, to remember that, that as Solomon gives us these uh, exhortations of wisdom, as Solomon expresses in a lot of ways his own feelings about life and, and living it and what it looks like and, and kind of what he's experienced that that there is this differentiation that Solomon gives us of, of what it means to live life under the sun, a purely worldly, secular, non-God-recognizing kind of life. And he says, he says of that, it's, it's futility, it's meaninglessness. It's, uh, King James, if you like it, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. To, 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 to live strictly by a world standard gets you absolutely nowhere. It's just meaninglessness. I mean, you, you toil at stuff in the world and there's no eternal value. There's no eternal uh, lasting. And so, so Solomon says to us over and over again, I see futility. I see meaning. I've, I've experienced it all. I, 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 and so, so when we read Ecclesiastes, we see this, 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 <clears throat> this frustration, okay? You can hear it, right? See, this frustration in what it means to live a purely worldly life. And, and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but, but Solomon gets to this end, and I told you all the way back there three months ago, back in the beginning of April, I said, look, we're going to get to chapter 12, and we're going to get the point. The point and the introduction are the same thing. Fear God and keep his commands. That's the point of Ecclesiastes. That's the point of chapter 12. That's the point of everything we've been talking about all this. You can go out and live like the devil if you want to. But it's meaningless. But a life lived fearing God and obeying his commands, keeping his commands, is a life that has eternal value, that, that, that speaks into eternity. One of the things I say to, 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 to the staff and, and, and to the other pastors is this. I say, look, you've got 30 minutes. If you're preaching on Sunday morning, you've got eternity for 30 minutes. Don't waste it. Right? 
So, so in this time right now, we're talking about eternal matters. What are you going to do that has an eternal, eternity lasting effect? You're just going to waste it on the stuff of the world? I'm going to read uh, the first seven verses just by way of introduction because um, every time I, I talk about getting older, I have people come up and say, you're not old. Well, I know I'm not old, but I am older than I was. Guess what? So are you. But from the New Living Translation, this is the way it puts it. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. You know, I mean, we, 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 we've almost uh, developed a, a culture that says, you know, I'm going to work and, and I'm looking forward to retirement. Right? I've told you all what my dad said about that. My dad said, you know, whoever called these the golden years was colorblind. Right? And that's what Solomon's saying. He's saying, look, don't. He says, honor God. Live your life for God in your youth before you grow old in life. And you say life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes. And rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth. Your remaining servants <laughs> stop grinding, and before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed, and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, and then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of, fa of falling and worry about danger in the streets before your hair turns white like an almond tree in blossom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire remember him before you near the grave your everlasting home when the mourners will weep at your funeral yes remember your creator now while you are young before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. There's a caution in that. That's Solomon. And like I've told you, whether Solomon actually penned this the way we have it, I don't know. I mean, I like... I, I, actually choose to believe that because it's just easier for me to go yeah Solomon wrote this and and yet this next portion that I read earlier uh, actually speaks in third person and that's caused some people to believe that Solomon you know wrote a lot of the proverbs and all the things that are here but that it might have been put together by one of his sons or something somebody else that was there in Jerusalem and and so it starts talking about he this and he that and the teacher this and the teacher that but I believe Solomon is the source of this material and I believe this reads to to me like it's Solomon's journal like Solomon wrote things down throughout his life and he took notes and 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 somebody took his journal and he put it all together into these sayings and these 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 proverbs and these wisdom statements and and basically what we see here is Solomon saying I've done it all I've had it all 
I've had the houses. I've had I've had more women than I can count. I've had the best foods. I've had the best activities and entertainment. I've had everything that you can have in the world, and it's all meaningless. And then here we get this final statement saying, listen, pay attention to what I'm telling you. Ever had anybody give you some good advice? Ever? I mean, I have. I've had people give me some really good advice. Ever have anybody give you good advice that you didn't listen to? Notice my hands up first. Right? Uh, Ever given good advice (laughs) that the person you're giving it to didn't listen to? Right? We know what that's like. We, We know what it is to say, you know what? I wouldn't do that if I were you. Remember I mentioned a few weeks ago the whole Willy Wonka thing. I like it where Gene Wilder's standing in the background going, don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's not ready yet. Don't. You see, and, and, and so many times when we know we've learned something, and, and I'll go ahead and give us the benefit of the doubt. Did we learn it because we read it in God's Word? Or did we learn it because we made the mistake first? And we learn that it was a mistake to do it that way or to do that thing. And we try to caution others, don't do that. Don't don't be like that. Don't act that way. And they don't pay attention. And then they go and make the mistakes and the errors themselves. And then, yeah. See, we, we recognize. So this is what Solomon's saying. He's saying, absolute futility, says the teacher. Everything is futile, meaningless, uh, vanity. And then verse 9 is the one where it starts to get into that third person thing where it says, in addition to the, to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught people, he constantly taught the people knowledge. Listen to this. He weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs. What is that saying? That's saying Solomon, this man who prayed for wisdom from God. This, this, this king who had authority and, and at his day and time because... Uh, geographical positioning of the nation of Israel made Israel a very influential, a very powerful, a very wealthy nation. And Solomon had the accumulation of all this wealth and all this wisdom and people, uh, leaders and, and, and rulers came from all the surrounding countries to hear Solomon's wisdom, to hear wisdom that, that he would share with them. And, and, and that's what he said there. He says he's waited, he's explored it, he's arranged all of these proverbs. What are you going to do with them? Going to pay attention to what he said. Yeah. Right? You know, um, I moved here almost 14 years ago now. And and when I was a kid growing up, we'd always go to the beach on vacation. Except we lived in South Carolina, so Myrtle Beach was mandatory, you know. And I remember my dad teaching me, showing me, we're going to build a sandcastle, son. I was like, oh, cool. So so we took time to dig it out, you know, and to make little turrets and, and dig a moat around it. And, you know, you dig in the sand on the beach and it fills up with water automatically. And, and my dad my dad did this thing with wet sand, like building these, these pointed little things by dripping the sand through his fingers. And I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And, man, we built this beautiful sandcastle. And I was, I was thrilled with it because we were staying at, at this little motel right on the beach. And I thought, man, we built this great sandcastle. It's going to be cool to, to have this sandcastle. And, da, 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 and the next morning we came out and it was gone. 
and I was just devastated. We we worked so hard to build the sandcastle. We 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 worked to to make it um, you know appealing and 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 pretty and 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 it was a cool sandcastle. And then it was just gone. Guess what I learned about the tide. I learned that you build a sandcastle that far down the beach, guess what? Tide's going to get it, right? That's futility. That's what, wasting time? Wasting energy? Wasting design? Right? Well, guess what? You can't build sandcastles up in the soft sand because it falls down, Right? So, so I learned something at a young age that, guess what? A sandcastle on the beach is futile. Some, the winter of 2009 and 10, when we moved here, we had about three snows that year here at the beach, right? We had three snows. And it snowed all the way right up to the edge of the water out there. So Eli was about six years old, right? So, so we went out there on the beach and built a snowman on the beach, and I remembered my sandcastle lesson. And I built it right down there, just not too far from where the water was. So we had three balls of snow, because that's, I mean, that, that's the way a snowman is supposed to be built. I don't know if you know that. But we took shells for the eyes, right, and took little, little spriggy grass things for the arms and everything. And we called him Flaky. <laughs> Flaky the snowman. And he was right down there next to where the water would, and then we watched it as it came a little closer and as it came a little closer. Eventually, Flaky was surrounded by water, right? And eventually, Flaky kind of... And I took a succession of pictures at the time where there was Flaky and then there was Flaky and then there was three snowballs laying in the waves <laughs> and Flaky was no more, right? So I took my sandcastle lesson along with my life lesson. And I looked at this and I said, I see futility. I see people around me living futile lives. I see people exercising energies and talents and provisions that God has given them and, and just wasting it on nothingness. On, on building stuff that, that, that's it's not going to last, right? But I've also seen wisdom. Solomon is saying, he said, look, I put this wisdom together for your good. I learned some things. I did some wrong things. I, 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 I want to pass on a knowledge the teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. You know, some of Solomon's words are verses that I've taken to, to guide my whole life. Right? To, to, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know, this idea of, of, of uh, uh, trusting God, of, of leaning on Him, of, of not, not counting on my own intelligence. See, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. 
know God, acknowledge God, and He will direct your path. That, that, that little Hebrew phrase there means He will make your path level. Right? I took those verses years and years ago as life verses for me. God, I just want to trust you with all my heart, and I don't want to be think that I'm so smart. That I can somehow ignore your word or your words or that I can somehow countermand what you've said to me in, in, in wisdom and guidance from your word. And I just want to know you better more every day. And so all my life I said, I'm looking for the path. Do you know what? It, it's, it's often been hard for me to see out the path in front of me but always walking the path and turning around and looking back I can always see God's hand guiding me on the path you see in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path I see that as wisdom I shared with you early on uh, uh, knowledge is one thing wisdom is another thing knowledge is, is a collection of information wisdom is being able to use that information I heard I listened to one preacher this week said <clears throat> knowledge is what you know wisdom is what you do see Solomon is saying I studied it I collected it I shared it I've put it down and guess what y'all it has lasted for thousands of years so that we can read it and either apply it in our lives or ignore it I've enjoyed this week remember two weeks ago I shared with you it's from chapter 9 where it said um, 9 or 10 where it says uh, dead flies will make the perfumer's oil stink and rot. And so every time in the last two weeks somebody brought up essential oils to me, I said, doesn't have dead flies in it, does it? <laughs> I mean, there's no... I did... Right? Dead flies. See, Solomon's trying to hand us something, and he's saying, folks, don't waste your lives on the meaninglessness of this world. Enjoy your work, enjoy your food, and enjoy the relationships that God's given you. Don't waste your life pursuing the goals and the, 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 the shiny things of the world. See? The sayings of the wise... Uh, what? The, tr the teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wise are like cattle prods and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. What, what, what does that mean? All right, so, you know, um, anybody ever been shocked by a cattle prod? One, two, three, four, yeah. <laughs> Not fun, right? It gets your attention, right? All right, so let's imagine that you're running in the direction of a four-lane highway and there's some loving, caring person who, who thinks highly of you and just as you get like you're going to run into the highway, he just reaches out and goes, that hurts to get shocked by a cattle prod, 
But running out in front of a tractor trailer hurts more. That's what he's saying. To pay attention to wisdom might be a little painful in the moment, but the wisdom is to protect you from bigger pain later. You see, that's what the stick with the, you know, that, that, that's the prod the cattle along because it got thick, thick skin, or, or we've got electric cattle prods now. You see, the sayings are given by one shepherd, and that's Solomon's reference to God. God's the one who gives wisdom. You see, the knowledge of God is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge by itself, as Paul said, puffs us up. It makes us prideful. And then verse 12 says, But beyond these, my son, be warned. There's no end to the making of many books and much study wearies the body. I know people who education is their pursuit. You know, they, they, well, well, it's, it's the joke. I mean, it, it took me seven years to get a four-year degree. Yeah, I'm just slower than some. But there's some people say I'm a career student. I think we're supposed to learn all of our lives. But, but to make that your whole pursuit, right? Verse 13 goes on to say, when all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. I think there's two meanings to that. If we were all fearing God and keeping his commands, think how much more pleasant life would be. Let's expand it beyond these walls. What if all the world we lived in really was fearing God and obeying God's commands? Can I just tell y'all something? There wouldn't be any poverty. There wouldn't be any war. There wouldn't be any abuse. You see? For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. God is ever-present. God is all-present. God knows you, and God sees you. You know? I, I like... <clears throat> there's a part of me that, you know, I, I love sharing things I've learned over the years. You know, I've told you it's not a prideful thing. I've been, God called me to ministry in 1982. So this is the 41st year, right? I mean, I, I went to Bible college and I went to seminary and I've, I've been a, a youth pastor and a activities pastor and education pastor and administrative pastor. And, and I've been a, a music worship pastor. And, and now I get to be a, utility pastor you see I mean I, I love what God's called me to do and I love the way God has led my life and guided me in the steps of my life to, to be a part not of what I wanted to do and I, I admitted it when I was a kid I, I never wanted to be a pastor as a matter of fact first time I preached at 15 years old and little old ladies came to me and said don't you think God's calling you to ministry I said no God's calling me to be rich 
right? And, and, and I want to go be a doctor and be rich. And I don't know how that goes together, right, Tim? Anyway, all right, so, <clears throat> but, but, but you see, I, I, I had set some goals and some pursuits, and, and I went to the University of South Carolina, which we call Carolina. Uh, I went to South Carolina, and, and, and I took my classes, and I made good grades, and, and I could have continued pursuing that, and, and I could have probably achieved all of that that I had set before myself. But at the end of it all, I would have looked back to that time at 15 years old and said, Bobby, Why did you waste what God had given you? So I'm thankful that four years later, at 19 years old, God said, my way or the highway, Bobby, choose. Now, I've made my mistakes along the way. When I make a mistake, I like to share it with other people. I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then if they go ahead and do it, I go, told you so. Right? I've told you what I feel about I told you so. God is always with us. He sees us. He knows us. The challenge is, do you see God? We're encouraged to fix our eyes on Jesus in the book of Hebrews. He is the author and finisher, completion of our faith. Do you see God? Do you abide and obey God's directions for your life? Guess what? I'm not the oldest person in the room, but I'm not the youngest one either. So these words are for all of us. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. See, I go to visit my mom and dad. My dad's 84, and he says, Oh, you're still young yet. The house they live in, he remodeled the year he turned 60. He put up all the paneling, all the molding, He did all the renovation on that house when he was 60 years old. So he looks at me and he goes, you're not old, right? So take it for what it's worth. There are people older than you. There are people younger than you. Don't forget God and his instruction wherever you are in life. Because this is for all humanity, not only your humanity, but for those around you and the relationships you have in your life. That's that's the conclusion of Ecclesiastes, to fear God, keep His commands. Pray with me. Father, thank You. Thank You for today, and God, thank You that You've given it to us, and God, we get to live it. God, help us to love it. But God, help us to love you. God, help us to hear you. Help us to fear you. Help us to obey you. God, if there's even one person here today who doesn't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus first. That's the whole starting point of our relationship with you is to to receive that salvation, God, that you've given us in the shed blood of Jesus. And God, if there's somebody here who doesn't know you, we we want to introduce them. And yet, God, there are probably Christians here who are distracted by the world. God, sometimes that becomes our sin. Pray for confession and repentance. And God, there might be some who who want to get baptized today. They know they've trusted Jesus and received salvation, but they want to be baptized. And so, God, if that's the case, we just want to obey you today. We want to obey your commands. Help us to do it in Jesus' name. Amen.